Hey, it's Hayley here. Before we get into this episode, I have a favor to ask. If you're enjoying this season, please share it on your Instagram stories or leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast app to help other people find the show. Hi, I'm Hayley Dunn, and this is Beyond Reality, the podcast that explores the world of television production by chatting to the people behind the TV shows you love. In this episode, I'm joined by Grant Phillips, a story producer and challenge producer who has worked on shows including Australian Survivor, Big Brother and The Bachelor. It's like a really terrifying ride at a theme park that you just get off and you go jump back in the queue for. (laughs) I talked to Grant about how he turned his reality TV obsession into a successful career in TV. Hi Grant, how are you going? Hey, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm really excited to talk to you today because... I never thought I would meet someone who loves reality TV as much as I do, and then I met you. Well, yeah, we are the biggest reality TV nerds out there, I think. Uh, Shout out also to Matt Heinsohn, who's uh, up there as well. Yeah. So, Grant, can you tell me, did you always want to work in television? Yeah, I did. Like, I always wanted to work in TV or film, and then it was at the age of 11 when I really decided that I wanted to be a reality TV producer. It was, like, very specific. Yeah, wow. What made you come to that decision? I was sitting on the couch and I watched the very first episode of The American Survivor and I couldn't quite understand what this show was because I hadn't seen reality TV before ever. So I was kind of like, is this a drama? Is this, like, what is this genre? And then I realized this is all real. It's all unscripted. It's a documentary game show. And I was instantly hooked and it became my mum and my thing to just sit down every week to watch Survivor. And the obsession grew from there. Like I was completely hook, line and sinkered. And then it wasn't that long after that Channel 10 announced Big Brother. And then Big Brother was another phenomenon that kind of came along and kind of just made me even more obsessed with reality TV. And then it was Australian Idol, The Mole, Pop Stars, and all these other formats. Like I just got so into the idea of just everyday people put in I guess, extraordinary situations with a big prize at the end and seeing how hard they had to fight to get it. I love that. And I also feel like, I mean, we're similar ages and we both have that kind of same experience and seem to know all these different obscure reality TV references from the early 2000s. My favourite thing with you, Hayley, uh, in recent times was when you started singing Scandalous <laughs> from season two of uh, Pop Stars and also when you knew who Scott Kane was. <laughs> and tell me about, like, you really took reality TV obsession to the next level. Yeah, all my spare time would be spent either recreating TV shows in my bedroom, making my friends play those shows, you know, so I would go down to the local aquarium store where they sell like fish tanks and aquarium stuff. And we didn't have an aquarium, but I would go and I would buy like skulls and treasure chests and I would buy tea candles and I would build these elaborate tribal council sets with like camera hides in them and all that sort of stuff. And then I would play Survivor with my with my toys, like my figurines. So like He-Man would walk into tribal council with my red Power Ranger and they would have a fire jewel or whatever. And then, yeah, when my family and I, we did a lot of camping and stuff. Um, and I think that actually 
I actually really enjoyed starting to go camping after Survivor. I used to hate it to begin with because I used to like literally take my Survivor bandana with me camping. And if mum or dad would wake me up to go fishing early in the morning, I'd be so keen if I got to wear my Survivor buff because I pretend that I was on the Barramundi tribe. I insisted when we did one of our family trips that we went via the Herbert River in Funnel Queensland where American Survivor was filmed here in Australia. Amazing. And you didn't mind the odd road trip to Big Brother site on the Gold Coast, the live evictions? Not at all. So I would catch a greyhound from Coffs Harbour to the Gold Coast, which even though it's like a four-hour drive back then on a greyhound, it was still like seven hours. I was just obsessed, completely obsessed. I still am. I love Big Brother. I think I went to about uh, at least, I think, 15 to 20 Big Brother live shows on the Gold Coast throughout the whole history of it running. So obviously you sort of had this interest in reality TV very early on in your life. What did you do to make it happen? Did you go to university to study television in particular? Yeah, so literally leading up to final years of high school, I was already researching which university I wanted to go to. The Queensland University of Technology was one that kept coming up as highly reputable and they had a good television production degree there. So I worked hard at high school to get the grades that I needed to get into that university. And yeah, that was kind of the first step was kind of working out where I was going to go to study. I don't think you necessarily need to go to university nowadays to get into television. I think if you live in the right area, such as Sydney or Melbourne, there's plenty of runner opportunities that can lead to a career in TV. However, I didn't have any contacts in TV. I didn't know anyone that worked in television at all. And that was kind of my idea was just go to uni, get the degree, and that will lead to a job. So what happened next for you? You finished your degree. How did you get into television? So. QUT had a program with Network 10 in Brisbane where if you had a certain GPA, you could get an internship at Channel 10 for a semester. And I knew that all the other students that kind of were going for this internship all wanted to work in the producing field of things, which was Totally Wild, Scope, Toasted TV. There were the three big shows that were kind of being made up there. So I decided to take, I guess, the path less traveled and use my internship to go into camera and audio because I knew. A, I wouldn't be competing then if a job did open up. And B, I knew that they wouldn't hire straight out of uni students to be producers up there. You needed some experience. So you got the internship? Yeah, so I got the internship. So I used my internship in the camera and audio department. I was trained in camera. I was sent out to even shoot news stories. I don't think I was ever very good at it, but it was still a really good skill to have. And I, I learned a lot of skills that became handy for when I made that transition over to the producing world. And so what happened next for you? A producer job opened up for a new preschool show that Channel 10 had happening in-house. And then I got the producing job on this uh, preschool show called Wire Wire for Network 10. And it was it was a limited timeline. Like it, it normally preschool shows, because they film so many episodes a week, um, they bank up episodes. So essentially we would work for one year, but we would have enough content essentially for two years. So I knew that it was very limited time before like all the other preschool shows that Channel 10 Brisbane had done would be finished. Um, so about three months before we were coming to the end of that contract, they opened up a role in Adelaide for Totally Wild. And I just knew that Totally Wild at that point was, you know, it's a successful kids format brand that has been around for ages. And I decided to just pack up with my wife and we moved to Adelaide and I that role. And yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun down there too. So I spent about eight months, I think, in Adelaide in total. So what was the role on Totally Wild? 
I was a producer on Totally Wild, so I did a lot of setting up stories, writing scripts, offlining episodes. So like, I guess, you know, doing a basic rough cut of your segment. But yeah, they were the key things, finding, field producing, editing and writing your own kind of stories and stuff. So yeah, that was fun. So you worked on Totally Wild as a producer. What did you do after that? So I was in Channel 10 Adelaide for a while, uh, eight months, and then Network 10 decided to dip its toe into the breakfast television market and they were going to do this big new brekkie show called Wake Up, which was going to be hosted by James Matheson and Natasha Belling and Natasha Rexelby. Uh, it was going to be filmed down at Manly Beach. Anyway, so I applied for just an assistant producing role on that and I got it. So Channel 10 moved me back from Adelaide to Sydney. So I'd moved from Brisbane to Adelaide and then Adelaide to Sydney, all in-house at Network 10. And I, I jumped onto the Brecky TV train there. It was only on air for six months before Channel 10 decided to axe it. I thought it was a great show. I just think that Network 10 weren't able to kind of compete against Sunrise and the Today Show, which had such strong viewerships. So were you on full-time at Channel 10? Yeah, so because I started in kids' TV, and I don't know what the rule is now, but when I was on Totally Wild, I was put on a permanent contract inside the network. So when Wake Up was cancelled, I then moved on to Studio 10. I love Studio 10. Did you? I know I'm not the... Not the demographic at all. Slightly younger than their typical target market. There you go. There you go. Something about Ida Buttrose in the morning with a coffee just gets you going for your day, does it? Something like that. So what were you doing when you started at Studio 10? I just started out helping out in any area of the production that needed help at that point. It was just Channel 10's way of kind of keeping me employed. And then I just started segment producing with them. So writing topics for the day, scripts for the hosts, cutting packages, writing scripts for packages, briefing the hosts on the topics, etc. You know, finding lots of viral videos to put up for the hosts to kind of throw to and stuff. So... Yeah, it was um, it, it was very similar to the stuff that I was doing on Wake Up. Yeah, and I know you did a lot of travelling for your job. How did that come about? So Studio 10 decided that they were going to have a roving reporter role. So I became the roving reporter's producer. So he and I travelled the country. We even went overseas a couple of times and we would just file stories uh, at every destination. And it was one of the coolest jobs because you would, you'd wake up and then it would be like, all right, where do we want to go this week? So our day would kind of consist of waking up early, doing a live cross to the show. Hey, we're here in the beautiful uh, Northern Territory. And then once we were off air, which was normally around uh, 10 a.m., we would then have a break. Then we would go out and we would film a package, a pre-recorded package on something in the area that the tourism board was interested in promoting. And then we would send that back to Sydney where it would get edited overnight. And then we would, we would throw to that in the next day's episode. That sounds like such a good job. Yeah, it was really cool. Like we got to go diving with great white sharks, you know, seaplanes to the Great Barrier Reef, skydiving over Uluru, swimming with turtles in Vanuatu. It was great. Amazing. So how long did you do that job for? I was in that role for about two years, I think it was. And at what point did you decide to leave Studio 10? So I I was on Studio 10 for about three years, I think it might have been. And then Network 10 then announced that they were going to be making um, a local edition of Survivor, which was the best news ever. I literally saw them tweet it the night that they had their upfronts. And that night I didn't sleep because I just started putting my plan together on how I was going to get a job on Survivor. So 
I went straight to my boss the next day and I just said, look, I'm going to be applying for a job on Survivor, which will mean that I'm going to have to leave Studio 10. And my boss at the time, he offered me to take unpaid leave so I could go away, do Survivor, and then return back to Studio 10 after I had kind of gone off and lived my dream. At the time, it was a really good deal because my biggest fear was going freelance. I, I had this cushion job right there where it was Monday to Friday, full-time television work all year round. Anyway, so after pestering Endemol Shine and sending emails, finally I got a meeting with the executive producer and I didn't shut up the entire time. I didn't think she was left with any opportunity but to give me the job. So what was that moment like when you found out you were actually going to be working on Australian Survivor? So... I got a phone call from the executive producer of Australian Survivor and she told me that I had the job on Survivor. I was in an edit suite at Channel 10 because I'd gone somewhere to take the phone call and I just sat there silently and I definitely had a tear because it was like, oh my God, this is like, this is happening. I'm going to be working on Survivor. Like that was definitely a standout moment, not just for my career in television, but my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely relate to that story. So coming from a breakfast TV producing role, how did you get the contacts? Like, how did you know who to contact? Yeah, well, I've been at the network for a long time. Through that, I actually knew the network executive producer who was able to put me in touch with the right contacts at Endemol Shine. And that's kind of how I got in. And what role did you take on? So I took on an associate challenge producer role for that. So Challenge AP, and yeah, which was so much fun. It was so good working in Challenge on that show. Can you explain what a Challenge AP does and what the Challenge department does on a show like Survivor? I guess the role of a Challenge AP is like assisting the Challenge producers and also coming up with Challenge ideas yourself, designing new ideas for the show and uh, helping set up what props are needed to make this game work, what are the rules to make this game work, testing it over and over and over to making sure that, you know, it would run smoothly when the shoot actually happens. And yes, that was kind of that role. Yeah, wow. And I guess that you being a lifetime Survivor fan would have had a lot of ideas up your sleeve for challenges. Yes. So before I went out there, I found an old notepad that I had from when I was a kid, which had a heap of challenge ideas in it. I think one of the challenges on the first season of Survivor actually came from that notepad from when I would just sit there and draw challenges. Amazing. What was it like for you as a you know lifetime Survivor fan to be working on Survivor? And when you were over there in Samoa, what was it? What was that like? I, I'm not going to lie, like when I saw the first episode being filmed and the contestants coming in on a truck and Jonathan LaPaglia standing there and like the game starting with the first big opening challenge, I cried. Like <laughs> it was just such a surreal moment for me to be living this dream of mine, which wasn't really ever realistic because Australia hadn't done a localized version of the show since I think like 2003 or 2004. And You know, so it just, I never thought that I would ever get to work on that format ever. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I don't know if you were were the same as me, but you know, you coming from Coffs Harbour, somewhere kind of regional, the dream of working in reality TV seems very far away at a young age. Oh, absolutely. Like coming from Coffs Harbour, I think it didn't seem like it would ever really kind of happen. And even going to university in Brisbane, it didn't really feel, or working in Brisbane, It didn't feel like it would ever be something that could actually happen, 100%. So you get to work on the first season of the rebooted Australian Survivor. 
Did you go back to your job at Studio 10? Yeah, so I went back to, well, uh, I finished on Survivor and it was like um, I had just lived my dream. Um, and then I went back to Studio 10. It was really hard for me to kind of go from living like that amazing dream that I just had to going back to Studio 10 where it was a lot more slower paced. And then I got a phone call then to work on The Biggest Loser where I was just like, I spoke to the executive producer of Studio 10 and I just said to him, look, mate, I need to, I, I, I can't do Studio 10 anymore. And he totally understood it. He goes, no, absolutely go for it. And yeah, so I left to go work on The Biggest Loser. Yeah, and I guess for you, like you had wanted to work in reality TV for such a long time. And then you finally got your first taste of working in reality TV and it seems like then you were kind of hooked. Yeah, I was absolutely hooked. I think one of the things with that breakfast TV and reality TV kind of have in common is the sense that it's all live. You get one take at it. If you stuff it up, there's no going back and doing it again. And that's very similar to reality TV. You know, it's all done very live. There's no influencing it once it's all underway. It's weird. Like I had done all this experience in breakfast TV and morning TV and worked my way up at Channel 10. But then when you transition into reality TV, all that's looked at are your reality TV credits, which was odd, but I didn't mind at all because I was so keen to be there that I didn't mind kind of taking a step back to go forward. Yeah. So when you left breakfast television, you essentially left as a senior field producer and then kind of had to pair back to being a challenge AP. Yeah, exactly, which was fine because I, I would have done it and I would do it again. I wanted that opportunity and that meant taking a step back. So that was not a problem at all. But yeah, I, it was a bit of a hit to the bank account. Yeah. And so in terms of your experience in reality, you started as a challenge AP and then yep. kind of quite quickly worked your way up on the challenge side of producing. Yeah, kind of unintentionally. I did want to get into story producing. So when I got my job on The Biggest Loser, I was actually hired as a story AP. But then it turned out that they had understaffed the challenge side of the team. So um, I was there. I'd just come off doing Survivor Challenges. So they quickly just shifted me over into the Biggest Loser Challenge team, which was one of the best teams I've ever worked for. And we had so much fun on that show. And the challenge style was very similar to Survivor, so it made sense. And then kind of from there, I continued on the challenge thing because it was just something that I found that I really enjoyed. I felt like I was good at it. And there's a lot of work out there for challenge producers as well. So from there, I went over to Warner Brothers and I did the Batch. Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, those formats as a date producer for them. Amazing. What's it like being a date producer? Fun. Like, it's so much fun. My wife often jokes about the fact that she would watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette and see these extravagant dates that I'd produce or helped put together with the team. And literally one night, one time I did take her to McDonald's for our anniversary dinner. So she was like, what the hell? Poor Jade. Yeah, poor Jade. <laughs> Challenge is really, really creative. Like you have to come up with concepts or games or dates or whatever form of challenge that you're working on from scratch. I've met some of the most incredibly creative people in challenge before because they're literally coming up with concepts all the time. Like what if we take this ball, balance it on this pole and then shoot it into that hoop and it turns into a really cool game. So you've done all this challenge producing, then you switched gears and moved into the story team. Yes. So season three of Australian Survivor, I moved into story producing. And do you think that being able to challenge produce and story produce, does 
some of the same skills feed into each side or is it completely different? I do think that they're incredibly different. I think that you still need to be incredibly creative to do either and you've got to be able to adapt with last minute changes or anything. But I think they're just totally different things that you're working on. But, you know, you always want a challenge to build on story. I think the really important thing with challenges is that you're always developing challenges that will always have an impact on the story for the show. So someone will inevitably lose the challenge and then it's up to the story team to take that and build that story then for the rest of the episode. And what qualities or traits do you feel like you need as a challenge producer or a story producer? I think your ability to adapt is the key to both challenge and story. Being able to adapt, being positive and being able to brainstorm are probably the best qualities you can have in in either challenge or story producing. I always say like when you're brainstorming ideas, it's a cliche, but there's never a bad idea because quite often, Haley, you and I have witnessed this together where we'll brainstorm an idea and, you know, I might come up with a baseline idea, but then it's not quite working. But then you put, you know, something on top of that idea and boom, we've got something great. Yeah. And I think definitely what you said there with like a positive attitude in television goes a long way. 100%. 100%. Well, I think positive attitude in any industry is going to go a long way. But yeah, absolutely in television where everyone's working their backsides off, it goes a huge way. Yeah. And do you see yourself as a hybrid? Are you a challenge producer and a story producer? I definitely still really enjoy challenge. So if the right job came up, I I would happily jump onto a challenge role. I love that side of production as well, just as much as story. I think it depends on what shows I would prefer work on story and what shows I would prefer work on challenge. I would happily work on either team though. Yeah. And I think there's definitely something to be said to being versatile in reality TV because you are working as a freelancer. So being able to sort of put on different hats for different jobs and be able to work in different aspects of producing, I think is really important. A hundred percent, because I guess now that I've done a bit of challenge work, casting work uh, and story experience, now I can look at all different opportunities that become available. I think it's too easy to get pigeonholed into one role and just decide that's just where you're going to stay. And The fact is, if you love one role on reality TV, you're probably going to love the other role as well. You just haven't thought about it that much. Grant, could you just talk me through all the different roles you've done in reality TV to get to where you are now? Yeah, so I've done Challenge AP, Challenge Producing, Junior Story Producing, Story Producing, Associate Post Producing, Casting Producer. I think that's it. Yeah, that's kind of it, what what I've been up to. And how long have you been in reality TV now? This is my fourth year. Wow. So you've done quite a lot of things in that relatively short amount of time. Yeah, I I guess I have. (laughs) What's the best thing about working in reality TV? My absolute favourite thing about working in reality TV is honestly the teams and the people. I have worked with some of the most incredibly talented, creative people I've ever met in my life. And every day I genuinely feel like I'm learning something brand new off someone else. Like I've learned so many skills of one producer, so many skills of another producer. And also we just have so much fun. Like when you're following a story and not really knowing where it's going, it feels like you have this camaraderie within your team of all just being on the ride together and waiting to see how it ends. Yeah, I mean, reality TV can be very unpredictable. Yeah, and I think that's my favorite part about it is that you're experiencing that unpredictability with your mates. I also love brainstorming the layout of the season and coming up with different twists and that sort of stuff on where they can be implemented and that sort of thing too. 
Yeah. The fact that you have a part to play in how a reality show is made by being part of the story team. Yeah, exactly. And on the flip side of that, what is the worst part about working in reality TV? Look, there are some days where the days are huge because, you know, you've got so much to film in one day or you might have so much content to catch up on in interview or whatever. And on those days, it can be a little bit like, oh, I'm exhausted. But at the end of the day, still, um, I always look back and especially when the show goes to air and it's always 100% worth it. So if you're happy to work long days and just get on with the job, then there won't be a worse part for you. Yeah. And I think that's something too. I personally think one of the most satisfying things about working in reality TV is sitting back on the couch watching a show that you want to watch and yeah. you had a part to play in making it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're out there and you're doing, you know, when you're on a show and you're doing 12 plus hour days, six days a week, it's exhausting. And that's definitely one of the harder parts of it. But when you see that final product and you get to share in that experience by sitting on the couch with either your partner or your family, and watching how much excitement they're getting from your work. It's so rewarding. Like, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's such a fun industry, and I love it. But, like, it can be tough at times, but it seems like you really quickly forget all the bad times. 100%. Like, Hayley, how many times have you and I cried on shows before that we've worked on? (laughs) But we always sign back up because we always go, oh, that was fun, let's do it again. It's like a really terrifying ride at a theme park that you just get off and you go jump back in the queue for. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy for working in reality TV. For you, as someone who is such a big fan of reality TV, do you feel like you've been able to live out your dream in working on a number of different shows that you'd always have dreamed of working on as a kid? Oh, 100%, yeah. Uh, but I don't feel like I've scratched that itch yet. You know, the more I work on it, the more I want to keep working on it. That's awesome. And, and for you, I mean, with your career in reality television, you've gone on to not only work on Australian Survivor, you've now worked on Big Brother, The Biggest Loser, shows that you grew up watching. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty surreal. Like, I never take it for granted. And yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, and television is notoriously hard to get into. What advice would you give someone who's starting out and wants to work in television? Be persistent. Go for any role. Don't have an ego. Like, if you have to take a backward step, but it's what you really want to do, then take that backward step. You know, I had to take a backward step when I transitioned from breakfast TV to reality TV. And it was a year out of my life before I was kind of back up on the same level that I was on breakfast TV. So if you really want to do it, Check your ego at the door and your pride and do whatever you need to do to work in the industry, whether it's going to get coffees, whether it's, you know, driving that truck, you know, whatever you need to do just to make those contacts. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I want to get to some quick fire questions. So this is a bit of fun. Basically, I'm going to fire some questions at you. Sure. Okay, go. Okay. What is your favorite reality TV show to watch? Survivor. What was the last TV show you watched? Oh, uh, Desperate Housewives. Um, yeah. That's a blast. My wife is reliving it all right now during ISO. Who is the most famous person you've met through working in TV? Uh, um, the One Direction boys, Katy Perry, Harrison Ford. Just, I just dropped some big ones, didn't I? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. What is your dream show to work on that you haven't already worked on? I, I can't answer that. It has, I've already worked on it. Survivor and Big Brother. Maybe American Survivor. Best location you've been to for work? Oh, Samoa. Really? That came to mind first. What cancelled TV show needs to make a comeback? Yasmin's getting married. Because <laughs> I never found out married or not. 
Have you ever been on TV? Uh, yes, I have. I've been in the audience for several Big Brother eviction shows. <laughs> um, I was on a number of kids' television shows. If you could be on any reality TV show, what would you be on? I think I would love to do Survivor, but I think I would do better at Big Brother. If you could have dinner with any celebrity, dead or alive, who would it be? Walt Disney. Awesome. That's it, Grant. You sure, made it to the you. end of the quick fire questions. Wow, there we go. Thank you so much for joining me, Grant. You've got such an amazing story and I loved hearing about where it all started for you. No worries, mate. That was fun. See you, Grant. Bye. Love this podcast? You can support Beyond Reality through the Buy Me A Coffee program. It's up to you how much you give and there's no ongoing obligation. Head to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash beyondrealityau or click through the link in the show notes to make a contribution. 